Mehdi Yakubi is co-founder and CEO of Vital, where they're building the Strava for health. Essentially a service which incorporates data from wearables, like your heart rate variability, your glucose levels, your sleep, and pulls all of these together into a community, also providing clear analytics and recommendations, ultimately transforming how we think about our own health. In 2021, Vital raised an undisclosed amount in a pre-seed round led by JME Ventures. Mehdi is also the author of the newsletter, The Long Game, which is probably in my top two or three newsletters I consume. He writes incredibly thoughtful and detailed articles on health optimization, longevity, fasting, fitness, nutrition, the future of aging and self-experimentation. In this conversation, we essentially break down play by play how to use data and metrics to improve health behaviors and how it's not as easy as just giving people data and assuming they'll just improve their health behaviors. Really, there's so much more to positively influencing our behavior and psychology. And it's really fascinating to discuss this with someone whose ideas and thoughts I have so much admiration for. I hope you enjoy. So Mehdi, would you mind telling me a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So I guess we can start um, when I was in uni. Uh, that's where I met Ayub, my, my co-founder. And uh, we really kind of connected around this passion that we both had for optimizing our health, um, but also, you know, obviously going to the gym training together. And we started to really, um, you know, dive deeper in the, in the whole space, you know, trying every single wearables, uh, reading the papers, reading all the books related to, you know, optimizing health as well as, as longevity. And, uh, you know, during all those years, we kind of knew we wanted to build a company together. Obviously, we wanted to build it in this space because we were uh, spending all of our time thinking about those uh, those topics. So when the time came, uh, we actually started working uh, on a slightly different uh, project. Uh, actually, we were exploring uh, everything related to, you know, digital therapies for pre-diabetes. So, you know, there are a lot of them in the U.S. Uh, doing some great work, helping people with pre-diabetes, uh, you know, reverse the condition and then go back to healthy metabolism. But there were no, um, you know, significant solution in Europe at that time. So we were uh, exploring this, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this space. And while we were doing so, we started seeing a lot of people with diabetes wearing those uh, continuous glucose monitors. So, you know, we are, we are both very curious people and always, um, you know, we always love experimenting with those uh, wearables. So we decided to, you know, give it a try, see what's, uh, what, what was coming out of those um, devices. And uh, we actually both discovered that our glucose control was very poor, uh, meaning the diet we were consuming uh, was really not adapted to our individual metabolism. Uh, we had very high uh, glucose level on a daily basis. Um, so we were, you know, at first we were really shocked. Uh, we did not expect to see that. Um, so it was really a wake up call. And we felt we needed to enable more people to have access to these types of, uh, of data and, you know, basically be able to understand how the, uh, to understand how the, the, the diet they consume, how is it impacting uh, their health and, and metabolism. So we built the first solution um, on this specific idea providing people with, with this data and, and, and helping them to understand. And after a few months, um, we kind of felt um, that there was potentially something, uh, you know, even even better to, to be built, um, mainly because, you know, data is, is very helpful and uh, it will help a lot of people understand what is happening. Uh, 
but you also have the the psychological dimension where um, you know data will work very well for a specific group of people you know namely athletes and and biohackers optimizers but to really go to 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 kind of a more mainstream audience which was always our goal it, it feels like you need to have something uh, on top of that and um, an app that was really, uh, you know, extremely interesting for us to study was Strava. So, you know, I, I guess most mo most people will know Strava. So it's a social app, um, vertical social network on, on uh, running and, and cycling and so on and so forth. And we felt that the social dimension on a specific vertical uh, was an extremely compelling strategy. So we basically decided to pivot uh, a little bit out of the, the CGM world and build what we call now the, the Strava for Health. So that's how we, we got to where we are today, uh, building the Strava for Health at, at Vital. One interesting point you just made was that you can have data, which is good for a certain specific group of people. You said biohackers, athletes, etc., and probably people with a certain frame on the world, certain personality traits. But then actually getting results from that, that translating to your kind of actions and psychology and those things, that's a separate battle. In building Strava for Health, how have you used learnings from psychology, behavioral psychology? What kind of input has that had in what you've done? Yeah, 100%. I really, I really believe that you know data will be extremely helpful, but I genuinely right now believe it's quite wrong to think that only giving data will necessarily improve uh, a situation. I'll just give you a couple of examples, both from my individual experience, but also from experience uh, of all of those people, you know, the hundreds of people we, we, we talk to. Um, very often, when the information that you get from those wearables isn't necessarily good meaning you know you might have some metrics you need to improve you might even have some metrics that are simply bad like uh, you might have uh, very poor sleep you might have very you know poor glucose control and these things are um you know part of of life so for most people they'll find something that are that are not so good and it it can easily create an increased anxiety around simply the fact of, of checking the metrics like you will see a lot of people who don't want to you know who don't want to check the, the, the you know the sleep tracking when they know they didn't sleep well same for uh, people not wanting to check the glucose tracking when they know that they, they didn't do something positive for, for their metabolism so here you can see that um, you really have a huge uh, psychological dimension um, and uh, we are thinking a lot about it when building the product uh, because I think uh, right now it's quite a little bit ignored by, by a lot of uh, people in this space. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a mistake because it's really uh, something that uh, you see repeatedly. Uh, you see also a similar thing with uh, weight tracking. You know, a lot of people want to weigh themselves, but um, it's it's quite of a stressful moment to go on the scale uh, every day. So, you know, there are some solutions on the product side. So, for example, only giving seven-day trend. Um, this is one way of doing it, kind of trying to um, blur a little bit the variance on a day-to-day -day basis and really give people uh, some trends, give people uh, some overall directions, as opposed to giving them raw numbers that are, uh, extremely, um, you know, anxiety kicking, uh, so to speak. So uh, that's something we think about a lot. Uh, there is no precise answer. So this is the way it's more like acknowledging that this is a huge problem and always having it in mind when you have some some product dilemmas or, or product uh, conversations. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially the point around seven day trends, not giving just raw data. 
Have you thought about, you know, when building the Strava for health, how are you going to avoid the problem that you've just described, but that someone has a good week, they're using your app, they're loving it. Next week, they flop, they eat garbage, they don't exercise. And really, you know, I get this when I don't want to open my personal banking app and see see what my bank balance is, but you just don't open it and you just stop using it because you know you're going to get a health anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, that that is definitely one of the biggest challenges uh, in a sense that, you know, we all have those goals of, you know, being being healthy, remaining healthy, and kind of staying engaged with those long-term goals but obviously there are the you know the holiday weeks or uh, you know different types of, of problems that that uh, come in and out of life and the key is um, you know to, to, to also enable different types of thing in the app uh, namely you know a lot of social features you can have your community and and also have a community and and features that are not only performance oriented you know when everything is performance and type of perfection oriented you always want to have the green score you always want to kind of uh, do better than last time these things they work very well at first but as you said as soon as you get out of it you fear coming back and um and I think this is this is definitely a big um, uh, a big challenge to, to, to think about. So we we see um, uh, the, the way to overcome that will be will be again uh, really on how do you design things. What are the, the pop up messages that you show? Is it like uh, you've done something very bad, or is it something that's going to be encouraging? For example, resurfacing the fact that you know ninety plus percent of people uh, have also those you know bad weeks or bad days. And really helping people understand that, uh, you know, one week or even one month of, of uh, something, you know, less than optimal uh, isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of theme. The, the big deal is really, am I going to stick to something that is, let's say, 80% optimal, but for, you know, 20, 30, 50 years uh, and not um, did I get like a, a perfect score for, for a week? Uh, you know, basically, that's that's the idea. You mentioned feedback and how we can tackle that. And there was a really interesting article in the Harvard Business Review that was posted, I think, two or three years ago called The Feedback Fallacy. And essentially, that was talking more about a business environment, but it was basically saying that we think that giving people negative feedback is helpful and it will help them alter their behavior in a way to make them better. And we often do it with good intentions. But they really found that, you know, someone developing or performing is almost like uh the the buds of a of a branch budding off so like a a tree growing essentially and really you just need to you need to nurture what people are doing correctly with positive feedback which actually helps people and negative feedback i mean what they said was that it's it's rarely useful it 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 doesn't help people i fully agree yeah do do you kind of agree with that approach especially when you're trying to change people's health 100% 100% agree and uh, actually this this idea maybe it was not formulated like that in our mind but this is one of the key um, reason we wanted to pivot to more of a social product in a sense that we are all social creatures and we all crave uh, you know kind of immediate gratification to some extent this is why you see so many people spending a lot of time on, on social media and I don't think we should see it as oh, either good or bad. It's just it's just the way it is, all right? So it can be leveraged in a bad way in some products and it can also be leveraged in a good way in some other products. So, of course, when you think about biohackers, athletes, you know, Ironman people, these guys, they have 
amazing performances and they are really performance driven so if you think of a product with those people in mind at first you might end up creating a product that will not work with for the mainstream because as we said um getting uh, you know an iron man guy to improve his performance of 10% is not the same thing as uh, you know kind of onboarding someone that has some weight to lose and, and didn't exercise for, for years and years. So I really believe that by really building a social app and, and you know obviously in the social app you'll have many different types of communities, but the mechanism are gonna be the same, you know, kind of helping each other reach some goals. The goals can be very small, the goal can just be walk uh, 2,000 steps per day. You know, it can be very small, but really the mechanism is always the same. Uh, pushing and, and congratulating something that is positive and not saying to someone, oh, you have such a, a catastrophic metric, even if it's true, you know, they might have very poor metrics. Um, but as we said, if you if you log in, you see everything in red, you see that uh, you're, you know, the, the worst 1% uh, of, 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 of everything. You know, you cannot imagine that uh, people are going to come back to this app and just, uh, you know, get get those very bad messages on a daily basis. Like, I mean, I, I talk from my own experience um, from having some metrics that I've been tracking that were very poor. Um, you know, I just stopped tracking them after some time because, you know, kind of having on a daily basis this this message that something is bad. I don't think that it's uh, productive. Like, yes, it's bad. You shouldn't hide it. You shouldn't kind of try to forget it at all costs. But I really believe now we're, we need to create that kind of this new era of health optimization and understand that, you know, data should be leveraged, I feel, in the background. But, you know, the front end, the contact with the person needs to be, you know, uh, doing way more in terms of, of, of psychology and trying to understand uh, how to keep someone for the very long term. In terms of either your intuition, customers you've spoken to, or even the evidence, what does using community to alter this kind of behavior, what does it say? Is it, is it a case that you get that kind of social pressure to turn up? Is it the case that you get that dopamine burst like you do on Instagram? Like what, what is it particularly about community that's helping you improve your yeah. behavior? Many different things. So you definitely have um, a little bit of this, this competition. Again, it, it, it can be good, it can be bad. It's not, uh, in and of itself, it's it's neutral. It, it can be leveraged in a positive way and in a negative way. But um, it's very natural for people to want to do better or to do good when it's visible. So just the kind of fact that something is visible pushes a lot of people to try to go the extra mile. Oh, uh, I'm in this group with my family, you know, maybe I, I can just go for a quick walk. If we have this challenge, we're all together. Um, it's visible. Uh, there's no way to lie about it. So a lot of people um, find this very helpful to, you know, nudge them to go a little bit further and, and do a little bit more. Then you have some other aspects. You know, you have um, talking about best ways of doing things. And just um, once people get start to get interested in something, they really like to talk about it uh, a lot. You know, this is why you see a lot of those communities pop up in some external places, but they talk about, you know, 
health performance and, and so on and so forth so you know one of our ideas is to bring all of those conversation on vital um the the advantage of doing that is that it would be you know natively integrated with all those sources of data so the conversation could uh, happen in a way that would be more relevant um as uh, you know as opposed to when it happens outside and, and that it's a little bit hard to explain what are we talking about so th those are definitely very important ones and finally um Again, uh, why do you think that when you open the app stores, you see the top 20 apps uh, over the last five, 10 years, what do you have? You have social apps, uh, you have some games, and you have sometimes in and out some, some, some finance apps. The reason is, um, again, I really think the, these are uh, part of, of, of how us humans are. Um, it's, it's very rare for people, you know, when they have, I don't know, five, 10 minutes to kill, um, to open something different than a social app. Like we want to see what other people are doing. Um, and here our, our thinking is health is something that, you know, so many people say they want to improve. They want to be, you know, uh, doing a lot of, of, of things for, but there isn't right now, um, a place where health is, is, is fun is, is something that is not only metrics and uh, blog articles um, so our idea is to, is to make this whole process something uh, you know something social something fun where people can spend time and the byproduct of that is that they take care of their health and they are uh, engaging in um, a long-term pursuit of health optimization i want to talk a little bit about different metrics that wearables currently track and i think common ones are things like heart rate uh oxygen saturations, glucose monitoring, sleep, quantity and quality as well, although I think that's a bit iffy on how legit that is. But I just wanted to ask out of these ones, are there any that you think are particularly interesting and useful? And conversely, are there any that you think are just not useful things that just are all hype and there's not really much substance to them in terms of not a useful thing to track? Excellent question. So as you said, you know, you basically named uh, the main uh, the main metrics. I think um, most of them has uh, a specific usage. So depending on your goals, depending on your, your situation, your, your health status um, and, and your long term goals, you might want to pay more or less attention to, uh, you know, some of those. Um, so I would say, you know, definitely if I needed to, to kind of uh, point to um, kind of what I think are the most important, I would say HRV, uh, glucose and uh, maybe sleep duration. Um, we can kind of deep dive more on, on sleep tracking and, ac and the accuracy of it. Um, but let's say that with those three metrics, you know, HRV, especially the trend uh, of HRV, will help you understand how, uh, you know, recovered or not recovered you are. Um, you know, the glucose, um, I think it's, it's very interesting specifically to uh, potentially use kind of four, six weeks to understand how your classic diet is impacting your, your glucose levels. So, for example, in my case, I learned that I was consuming way too, too, too many carbs basically for my individual uh, needs. So I was you know, constantly higher than, than I needed to be. So I did, it, I did the change that, that, I, that I thought would, that would work better. And now I improved significantly uh, my results on this specific uh, tracking. And in terms of the sleep, um, you know, I definitely think it's, it's, it's good to try to get enough sleep. 
And the fact of, of tracking something, um, it can have detrimental effect, but honestly, I think for the most part, it's, it's positive effect is that you think about it in a sense, you try to think, oh, I should go to sleep now because yesterday I saw that I got only you know five hours of sleep. So it, it, it kind of forces you to see uh, if something is not trending in the right direction. But once again, to go back to the initial discussion we had, I think that currently it's not do, it's not done perfectly, but I think directionally uh, data will be very helpful for, for these types uh, of things. Yeah, I want to talk a bit about sleep because there's a scenario in which you track your sleep or sleep quality. And, you know, there's, there's one, there's a day in which you have a really good night's sleep and then you wake up and for some reason your wearable device or, or your Strava for health or Vital has told you that you've not had a good night's sleep. And then suddenly you go, your mindset shifts. And I think studies again and again have shown that even if two groups of people sleep the same amount, if you tell one group they didn't sleep well and tell one group they slept well, the group that think they didn't have a good night's sleep, they actually perform worse on cognitive tasks and other things. So it seems like there's a huge problem with that. Here again, I have very strong opinion on that and I fully agree with you. I never care whether I have bad sleep, good sleep, I wake up, I go train, I work, I, I, it doesn't change anything. Um, it, I really I really use it for more longer term trends. I will never use it, uh, I mean, obviously, if, if, I, if I feel exhausted and, and, and like the sleep score in that case is very catastrophic, it's not like uh, in the 50s or in the 60s. I mean, obviously, depending on, on the, the app you use. Here again, I think this can be vastly improved by product decision. How about when you wake up, you don't see anything before you enter how you feel, for example, or you kind of rate uh, how, how is your recovery. So for example, that could be a way, you know, um, you can also once again, just have an option so you don't see the score in the morning. You just see it on a weekly report to understand, you know, trends, how your, you know, recent habits have been impacting your sleep. Because again, I think that focusing too much on the single metric um, creates the problem that, that you name. Like, uh, you know, wearables are relatively new. So who is saying that, uh, I don't know, a 50 or 60% recovery is not what leads to uh, sometimes the best days. And on a, on a personal experience, I noticed that Sometimes I perform way better in the gym when I have like average recovery. Uh, and I know a lot of people have, have experienced the same. And so, you know, we are entering and we've been entering over the last, let's say, five to 10 years and a new space of having this, this data that we did not have in the past. So although it is very tempting to say this metric, you know, the, the health, the healthier is this metric should be trending there, and you know if it's not healthy, it's going in that direction. It can be tempting to to bring that back to the you know to the singular moment and say thus if you know your HRV is bad today, you you should necessarily uh, you know perform less less well. Um, I think this jump might not be uh, true. You know maybe we're gonna we we when I think we are currently trying uh, starting to understand that. That it's way more complicated than that. Um, so here again, I think directionally, these you know, this tracking will be helpful, uh, but not necessarily in the way that is currently implemented in some of the most popular uh, apps. Uh, and on a personal level, uh, I don't really uh, you know care about the recovery score uh, on a you know on daily basis. More on a like monthly level to see uh, you know if there are some trends that I can pick up and, and try to improve. Yeah, I think that's such a key point about these things being used, useful in a directional 
long-term approach rather than obsessing over every single day, every single minute, what the value is. I wanted to also just talk to you a little bit about a problem I think that's quite a big problem in healthcare, which is the problem of feedback loops. So the problem that today, the bad habits or the bad things that we do in terms of our health probably won't have consequences for another four or five decades. And to me, this seems like such a big problem in healthcare on a personal level and with patients I see as well, where you can smoke, drink, whatever, and the, the, the consequences are so far away. And again, I mean, doctors have been giving patients, you know, in inverted commas, education and giving them all the data and all of the information they need. But, you know, even, even the most surprising thing for me was that I looked at, you know, vascular surgeons in the hospital and a lot of them smoke. And for context, they spend a lot of their days amputating people's limbs. And the reason they're amputating them, a big reason is because they were smokers. So you would expect that those people would be the least likely to smoke. But even with so much knowledge, just the fact that these feedback loops are so far away, people still do bad health habits. So like, how do you get around that? Well, that is the one trillion dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> and here again, um, I'm going to go back a little bit to uh, some of the elements that, that, we, um, that we mentioned, approaching it in a slightly different way. But the general idea is that knowing what to do has nothing to do with getting people to actually do it. Uh, the knowledge, which is uh, the main focus of you know, science and, and uh, a lot of the you know, recent technological efforts, and that's great, you know, that's an important part of um, progressing and, and getting better outcomes. But again, as we see, like it, it doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't lead, um, doesn't push people to, to, to do what, what they have to do. Um, so the whole point is, how do we bring the long-term outcome in, in the short term? Like uh, you see similar situation with saving money. So finance app have a little bit of a head start on, on health uh, apps here. Is that, you know, a lot of them are trying to push people to, you know, save more money, kind of don't spend it now and, and build up your, um, uh, you know, your, your, the money that, that you'll be saving for, uh, for the future. And I think for health, you have a similar situation. In a sense, you can see, uh, you know, your, let's say, overall health score. Granted, it's calculated in a, in a smart way. Uh, but here again, the, the moment you reap the rewards is going to be in, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, so I feel um, that it's really a matter of having the, this, this, this short-term uh, dopamine and, and just feel-good uh, situation. Uh, we think that will be helpful for the long term. And this is, again, the reason uh, we didn't want to be like a data-only solution. And we wanted to be um, a social app that will be habilitated to kind of provide people with some dopamine. Granted, they do things that will be beneficial for the long term. Um, so, you know, basically the idea is let's create a platform where, uh, you know, doing things that will be healthy for the future we can define what that is, but let's say that we defined it. Doing those things will be rewarded by the communities and create a, you know, an ever-growing group of people that is helping themselves to you know, stick to those habits and uh, you know, basically get uh, the reward also in the present as well as uh, on the long term. So I really think that this will be a, a way that will be very, very helpful here. Um, maybe there are some other ways, but I, I sure think that, you know, 
leveraging the fact that we are social uh, animals, uh, <laughs> uh, leveraging this fact uh, will end up being very, very, very beneficial to really push people to uh, to stick to their uh, long-term habits. And you see it actually, you know, um, you know, apps that really have a community at the center. Same for weight loss, like weight loss groups where people share their 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 progress are the one that outperform by very, very far. So I think, um, you know, the ingredients are fairly simple. Obviously the execution, uh, once again, is, is, not, is not simple. Um, but yeah, everything is about, let's bring some celebration of, of uh, the future, but in the present. An interesting article that you linked on your newsletter was that from, um, I think it was Lara, and it was called something like Behavioral Change Through Wearables. And they basically interviewed a load of people who'd been using wearables and and tried to seek out what had, what had worked, essentially. So in what scenarios in which they've used wearables in this kind of data, and that it actually had positive health impacts. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the conclusion I got from that was that the most effective long-term strategy was when you use some kind of service, you use some kind of wearable, you use some kind of intervention, and you use that for a short period of time, maybe six months. And then through using that, you end up developing your own habits, your own steer. So you gave the example of continuous glucose monitoring for 12 weeks, realizing what foods work for you, what don't. But then the crucial point was that you don't really carry on using this for the rest of your life. You actually end up developing your own habits and those are what carries on. Um, do you think that the the role for these kinds of services, whether they're wearables or, or services themselves, is like a short-term intervention? Because then the business case for these is less interesting if it's something that you only use for a short period of time. Do you know what I mean? There's a bit of a tension there. I know, I know what you mean. So this is a, an excellent question. I think... Um, that on a personal level, I agree with the, the conclusion of, of this article. Um, but I can also see the other the other point, meaning, let's take a wearable. It will bring and, and help you develop an understanding about your body, and it will help you develop uh, good habits around this understanding, right? So that might be enough for you know a lot of people, but some people... Um, just the fact of having this continuous tracking of the metric helps them stick to the habit that, that, that they created. So for example, when you wear a continuous glucose monitor, uh, many times, you know, you, you don't want to go eat that donut. You know what it will do. You don't want to see the spike. And if you're disciplined enough that uh, you will go and see this data, you will not just skip the reading and, and you will actually force yourself to see it. Uh, it might prevent you from from eating the donut on on a different day. So, I guess here again we'll we'll find that uh, it works differently for for different types of of people. But I think for the vast majority of people, it's fair to say that uh, there won't be a need to wear it all the time. Uh, and in terms of business use case, um, I think that is gonna the, the use case is is still gonna be very positive for for all those companies because we're still only in the early days. Uh, you know, even the most popular wearable company only sold kind of a few millions of, of those um, of those devices. Um, for example, Aura just sold one million rings. So, you know, it's a lot, but it's, you know, we are, you know, almost uh, uh, 7.5 billion people on earth. So, you know, there's still a lot of, of, of rings to, to sell. So even if people use it just uh, for a few years or a few months, um, the use case might, might be positive for them. 
but I agree with you that um, it's 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 uh, hard to imagine that everyone will will use those devices uh, all the time and and subscribe potentially to them for for all the time. And this is why we are building Vital in the way we are doing it. And we we know that also on us on a personal level, we we we're using on and off uh, some of those tools. What we what we don't do on and off is being engaged in this long term pursuit of health. So we we're basically trying to be uh, the place where those conversation, those self experimentation happen, whether you're tracking sleep or glucose or whether you just want to ha- to be in, engaged in a challenge with your family or your friends. Uh, we we are trying to make all of those use cases um, available and for the app to really stay in your life for the for the very long term. Um, uh, you know. Uh, so that's that's um, what, what we're trying to do. Um, but overall, I think that all p- pretty much uh, all of these approaches will uh, find a, a fair amount of success because we are still so far from from having uh, you know the mainstream really being involved in in, in taking care of their health that uh, a lot of these things will be helpful. From being a curious observer of products and services in this space, so you mentioned Aura. There's Peloton, there's loads of eight, eight sleep, there's loads of uh, things. And a common thing that I seem to see with these is that they all at some point have become quite cool, either because of great marketing, hype, word of mouth. There is something where, you know, an example of something that's probably, I wouldn't consider that seen as cool is maybe like continuous glucose monitoring. It's it's at the moment you kind of get a device, I think from Abbott or a pharmaceutical company, you put it onto your arm and it's, it's kind of a medical device. It's not got a lot to it. But I think a key thing with Aura and all of these others is that they, they do become cool. There is some virality. There is some hype. I mean, first of all, do you think that assessment's correct? And then secondly, how do you think you can do that with Vital? Yeah, I think that assessment is correct. You named uh, some of the best companies in the space. They're doing some amazing work. Um, you know, I'm a big uh, fan and uh, admirer of, 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 those, of those excellent companies. Um, I, I think basically that a lot of people want to take care of their health. Um, but for, for, for a long time, it was, um, you know, kind of a little bit boring, not so not so cool, not so uh, something that is aspirational, you know, in a sense that you want, uh, you know, to be involved in those conversations around those metrics. Um, so I think definitely that the first generation of wearable did an amazing job at uh, gathering the right people uh, to be, um, you know, uh, talking basically for the whole space. And uh, obviously, marketing did also a big a big part of of, uh, of the the job here because you know now it's cool to take care of your health, uh, and I think it's great. You know, um, it's also cool to do some other things, but it's it's you know health is is you know something that I think most people will agree. Uh, that is positive to uh, to take care of. Uh, you know, obviously, we need to make it more uh, affordable. I believe we need to make it more. Um, you know, we need to you know include everyone in this in this pursuit. Um, but it needs to start somewhere, and uh, as always, it starts with a specific niche uh, of people that are super into it um, and that are helping really uh, spread the world about, about those practices. And I think now we are at um, this shifting moment where we are starting to enter in the mainstream, uh, not like 
really, really mainstream, but you start to really um, see the, those conversations pretty much in, in many, many groups of people, even people that are not like, uh, you know, hardcore biohackers or, or anything like that. I think over the last two years, uh, we're really entering a wider and wider group of, of people. The last thing I wanted to touch on was your own personal habits and things you do. And I just wanted to ask very broadly and feel free to go wherever you want with this, but are there any habits, are there any ways you approach things that you think have been helpful for you and, and for your career and for your health? Yeah, so in terms of, of tracking and, and everything related to that, I tested pretty much everything. I mean, this is this is my job, so <laughs> there is always this excuse of, you know, testing the thing for, 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 for the work. Um, but, you know, now that the thing that I really, um, you know, stick to, let's say, um, in terms of tracking, you know, so sleep tracking, I find it useful uh, here again to really notice trends, uh, also to notice, you know, HRV trends, uh, um, make sure that, uh, you know, I, I improve those metrics over a long enough period of time. Um, I also like to uh, check my, my uh, steps. You know, so this is the the OG, uh, you know, the OG metric. You know, step tracking, the simple step tracking. I honestly find it very useful. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big, big, big proponent of walking. Uh, I'm very lucky to live in a very walkable city, so uh, I try to hit at least fifteen thousand steps per per day. Uh, it, it is it is it is quite a, a, an amount, but it just helps me think better, just help me uh, you know digest better. For me, it it solves pretty much. Uh, 99% of, of problems. Um, I also like to try my, uh, you know, calorie uh, expenditure high. Uh, I have, uh, you know, quite quite a huge appetite. So for me, it's, it's very essential that, that I, you know, kind of exercise enough. Um, and, and finally, I think one thing that is also very helpful um, is to find a physical activity that you deeply enjoy. Um, and where you try to get better so um, maybe it's not for everyone but i think it, it it's very helpful to have that um, in some way as a way to unplug a little bit from uh, you know the work and you know building a company or whatever else you're, you're involved with um, and it's also fun you know you you find also uh, once again a community around the, this practice um, you try to get better obviously for all those pursuits it's a slow process you know, you need to learn to accept that it's a slow process. Um, for me, it has been weight training. Um, so, you know, specifically strength training recently. Uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, and and I, I feel also it helps me uh, on everything else in, in, in my life. So also for longevity, by the way, it's, it's excellent for longevity to make sure you maintain enough muscle mass and, and, and strength. Um, and yeah, so I would say th these are the most helpful for, for me. Um and finally, I would say, not obsess over a thing. Uh, so this goes back once again to the whole uh, um, flip side of tracking. It's very easy to um, to adopt this a little bit uh, obsession uh, over those metrics. Um, I think part of the problem comes from those products, but there is also a part of responsibility that needs to go to, to the user. Uh, you know, we need to understand we are we need to be involved in that for you know a very long period of time uh, the the goal is to optimize our health span live as long and, and as healthy as possible um, it's not to start you know really obsessing over uh, the fact that you know we might have some poor metrics uh, mo in most cases things are you know reversible and even if it's not 
you know, things are manageable. So I think kind of adopting this mindset of, um, you know, n- not being uh, overly obsessed with things is helpful. Um, and yeah, so that's what I would say. And secondly, are there any, you know, career or ways you operate or other kinds of habits that you've used within that that have helped you get to where you are are there any things that you think you've done that have been helpful in terms of habits specifically yeah maybe habits or ways you approach things or qualities that you have yeah just these different things that you think are unique about you that have helped you get to where you are yeah so i i would i would say playing the long game so this is why i named the newsletter the long game um I think right now, uh, I don't know really why, but a lot of people, um, maybe more society as a whole, we're really obsessed with the short term. Um, We kind of see uh, all the times massive success of of people on on Instagram, on on whatever other platforms. And I think it's very detrimental, especially for for younger people. Uh, We need to understand, you know, getting anywhere that is uh, worth uh, kind of, you know, celebrating or, or... or that, that is kind of a huge achievement is a matter of decades. It's not something that you just um, gonna work a little bit here and there and and and, and then get there. Um, so I think the best way to, to do that, uh, obviously this sounds very cheesy, but but there's a lot of truth to that. Is to simply learn to enjoy the process and understand it will take a while. So um, you know just find a lifestyle and 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 a day-to-day life that that you enjoy and that is also aligned with your long-term goals for me it's really the the thing that that was a game changer um so you know obviously we have you have big goals at vital and 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 personally like 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 everyone but i think you know you still need to love your your day-to-day life like because this will be you know 99.999 percent of your life so um i think this is a key point um, it doesn't mean that every every day needs to be, uh, you know, perfect, but I think there is a way to uh, uh, kind of try to work on your perceptions and 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 try to find something that works for you um, that that can be extremely 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 game changing. Um, nothing crazy here. Like we're just talking about simple things, um, you know, just being aligned with yourself. And, uh, and yeah, for me, I would say this is the, the, the only thing that matters, um, that, that helps you really keep high energy for uh, a sustained period of time. And finally, I would say, you know, obviously things like, you know, nutrition, exercises, sleep, like this, this is the basics. Like maybe I, I, I didn't talk as much about those because I've been in, in the, in the whole, uh, you know, niche of optimizing health for, you know, seven, eight years now. So these are the things that I fixed in the, in the early, early years, but they are, I think the, the most important still, you know, all these advanced tracking, um, is, and, and might be useful in the future, but we all need to understand, like, uh, if you're walking enough, if you're getting the, those minutes of exercise, you know, sleeping a fair amount and, and eating fairly clean i i know that there are nutrition wars right now like uh this clan versus this clan so i'll not get, get into that but let's say if you remove processed food i think everyone agrees on on that uh, on the fact uh, that processed food are, are not good so let's let's say just that um you will uh feel very good the rest is 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 a is a, is a mindset game uh, and 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 i think with all of that that's uh, as good as it gets last question if 
in five, 10 years, Vital was a massive success uh, by whatever metrics you deem. So what would that look like for you? Yeah, so I think if we can um, help um, a huge amount of people really love the process of taking care of their health and finding a community to do that, whether it's you know family or a community created within Vital, I would call that uh, a huge success. Um, you know, obviously, I tend to um, not define success by by specific metrics. If if you want to talk about kind of a company success, you know, you can find some metrics to say, you know, this is huge success or or not. But I try to really be obsessed uh, over the mission of Vital. You know, I believe so many people right now, uh, you know, die too young or or age very poorly. Uh, you know, you see a lot of uh, uh, actually, you see very few, uh, you know, 80, 90 years old, walking, hiking, uh, you know, and, and whenever I see some of them, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to see that. And, and I just want that to be more and more common. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have some, you know, new therapies that will help people live even longer than that in, in good health. But for the time being, I think we can do way better than, than that. So, you know, if, if we could create a product that really pushes a significant amount of people to you know, stay engaged in those practices that are fairly simple, to be honest, and and those fairly simple practices, if executed um, uh, diligently, they would improve massively health span. So here again, we we find that yes, data will help a lot, and and we can do even even better than the current health span. But there is also uh, you know some low hanging fruits. You know, uh, the low hanging fruits will will uh, maybe add um, ten, maybe fifteen years of of global health span. You know, uh, a lot of uh, people get most people die from lifestyle diseases like yes aging is still a big thing and even if you remove those you'll not live to 200 years old but you know i think we can get a lot of people uh, you know close to 90 or even 100 years in a in a fairly good state at least uh, this is what we're going to create i hope you enjoyed that episode you can find all my links by going to bigpicturemedicine.co.uk And if you've been enjoying the podcast, then please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you.